This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Sean O'Neill is the spokesperson for the National Roads Authority. He was born in Cairo and grew up in Ennis County, Clare, and then Boston. He's the youngest child of Pauline Malone and Jack O'Neill and has two older sisters, Maureen and Jackie. Sean's mother passed away suddenly when he was just three years of age. His father remarried American Marie Wildener, which was when the family moved to Boston. He moved back to Ireland ten years ago and is married to Clodagh Don. And these are Sean O'Neill's musical heirlooms. Am I Irish or am I American? I always like to say I'm both. My, uh, my mother is from Ennis County, Clare. My dad was from Limerick, uh, and, and in particular Catherine Street in Limerick City. Uh, they met, fell in love, um, and my dad was working for Pan American Airways. He was in North Africa working there. I actually have an older sister, Maureen, who was born in Monrovia, Liberia. Jacqueline, my middle sister, was born in Ireland, in Ennis County, Clare. And I was actually born in Cairo, Egypt. So it's... Uh, Quite a diverse background for uh, for uh, Irish couple to have the children so scattered, uh, but that's where my dad's work was, and obviously my mother was there. Uh, we weren't. I wasn't in Egypt too long. I think about about a year, a year and a half, and then uh, we moved to the United States. And um, unfortunately, at that point, there, there was a there was a family tragedy. My mo- my mother died. My mother had a brain hemorrhage and collapsed and died in in Braintree, Massachusetts. And uh, it was a difficult time for the family, to say the least. Obviously, as a child, you know, I was, I was three going on four, and, um, you know, you can't comprehend it. You know, you don't, you, all, all, kind of the flashbacks I have of it are just airplane rides, family, um, my, my grandmother coming into my life, and just um, the to and fro of people coming back and forth, and kind of a collage of experiences. I remember a fish tank, I, I always talk to my sisters about a fish tank, and, and I, it, that's primarily because our neighbors, next door neighbors in, in Braintree, um, they actually had a fish tank in their living room, and apparently I, I was, they were minding me that day. And, um, and, and that's sort of a flashback that I have. <clears throat> and also a willow tree. I, I, I always have an image of a willow tree, and I have a certain sense of uh, admiration and, and kind of a calm with a willow tree. And I, I subsequently found out, um, my grandmother t- told me that uh, there was a willow tree in the back of our house, and, and, and we used to always hang out there, and, and, our, and my mother used to take us there. We were then brought back to Ireland. My grandmother, my mother's mother, uh, took over the, the mother's job, literally, and um, helped to rear us for a good few years um, while my dad worked. And it was obviously a very difficult time for him. It was really the best, best of a bad situation. They put us back in Ireland, uh, Ennis County, Clare, my grandmother's house. And uh, she was really an amazing woman because she also lost her husband that same year. Um, so my grandfather and her, her, her daughter, her, her husband and her daughter passed away the same year. So it was a very difficult time. And, and she was an amazing woman to take on three children, uh, her obviously grandchildren, and uh, help rear us for a good few years. And um, it, it really embedded in us our Irishness at that point. I was very sort of cognizant of what happened to my mother because, you know, on Sundays we would go to my mother's grave. My mother's buried in, in, in Ennis. And so she was flown back from, from the United States. And, you know, it really ingrained in me the value of life, not, not at that time as a child, but I always knew that life was defined and without a question, uh, life had a, had a, had a span. And, and, and uh, it made me, in a, in, a, in a kind of odd way, appreciate things a lot more at a very young age. A couple of years after uh, we were in Ireland, my dad remarried. He met a lovely woman in the United States uh, via his, uh, his sister, my Aunt Una, in, in Dorchester, Massachusetts, a woman named Marie Wildonner. She was from Pennsylvania, my stepmom. Um, great lady, 
fantastic lady, you know, and, and she took on uh, three kids who didn't want to be uh, uh, stepchildren or to be brought into a new family, to be honest. And, and, and we made her life difficult at times, and, uh, but she really gave us all the love and, and, and direction we needed. When it's not always raining, there'll be days like this. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. Everything falls into place like the flick of a switch. Well, my mama told me there'll be days like this. When you don't need to worry, there'll be days like this. When no one's in a hurry, there'll be days like this. When you don't get betrayed by that old Judas kiss. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like we, this. We moved from Dorchester uh, to West Roxbury in Boston, and then we moved from West Roxbury to a suburb of Boston called Braintree, which is a great community. And But they, they call it the Irish Riviera, the, convi- the, convi- the commencement of the Irish Riviera, really. Uh, people originally from Dorchester moved to Braintree and then down the uh, down the, the coastline of, of the south coast of, of Massachusetts. But, um, you know, sports were a way to integrate you into society. And, and my father was very cognizant of that, and so was my stepmom. And, and, and for my sisters as well, you know, um, they were involved in sports. And it also gave me an outlet. I was a pretty, you know, I guess I, I, I was always chancing my arm and, and, you know, running away once in a while, that sort of thing. And uh, I made it as far as Logan Airport once. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, it's it's... You know, sports gave me that outlet, and it also, you know, the basketball court uh, defined a lot of rules in life. Whether you know it or not, um, you know, any sport can teach you about teamwork, about cooperation, about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and how you can contribute. You know, I wasn't a tall kid. I'm not a tall adult, and uh, but I was, um, I could see plays develop. I knew who was strong. I knew where people's strengths were right away on the basketball court, and I ended up becoming a bit of a, a, a conductor on the court. You know, it's, it's sports is, is a great uh, a great integrator because it's your skills, it's your ability, it's your competencies as an individual, and even as a kid, it really it really uh, it really helps you appreciate other people that you otherwise wouldn't have uh, any association with just because of where you live and and, and where you go to school. Because I went to you know Catholic school in, in Boston, so sports really opened up a new world of of other cultures for me. Definitely, uh, there was no fear in me and my capabilities to work and, and earn earn my own uh, way in the world. People were always, oh, you should get into politics, or you should do this. And I used to always say I'd rather be a kingmaker than a king. A lot of my, my career in, previously in the United States and working on a major project in an urban environment in the United States called the Big Dig, which were, it took an elevated highway from the 1950s and put it underground, like literally 12 stories under the city. So it was a major undertaking. And, and we used to contribute um, a lot to appropriation speeches and, and basically speeches by senior senators in, 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 who would basically go to Washington and, and request funding for said project. And the, one of the individuals was Senator Kennedy, Ted Kennedy. So, so his office, he would have a multitude of speechwriters, don't get me wrong, he, he, but it was something that was a specialty in regards to the big dig, you know, and, and people would request, his speechwriters would request some information. And, you know, you didn't realize that, you know, it would actually be put into a speech by the senator. And, you know, you, you'd, you'd be chuffed if, if a word or two got used, you know, but when a sentence or two or a phrase, and, and, um, and I had the opportunity to meet the senator and work with his office and, and uh, in, in, in his late, later points in his career. And 
you know, I have some very good friends who ran for public office and, and uh, Congressman Stephen Lynch and, and a good friend of mine, one of my oldest childhood friends, Joe Driscoll, who I met on the basketball court, uh, subsequently uh, became a state representative. He was also uh, an ADA assistant district attorney. And, uh, you know, I used to help him with speeches and things like that. And, and it was um, it was nice. It was nice. But, you, you know, a lot of it is getting to know the person. You really need to pick up on the emotional uh, element of the language that you're using and, and the point. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, a speech has to have a point. <laughs> you know, you either have to move people, uh, state an obvious direction in which you want to achieve something or really, um, you know, inspire at times that, that people may not un- understand why you're taking them this way, but it's important. I met the love of my life uh, seven years seven years ago, six months, 2007, and it was May, and we went. Uh, we met through uh, we met through another friend, and went out on a on a date. I asked her out for dinner, and that was the beginning. I was uh, you know at a point where my friends were married, they were having kids, and things were going on, and. And uh, I, I was okay with that. I was happy to be Uncle Sean. And, and I had, you know, relationships in the past, and I had lovely relationships in the past. But, you know, um, uh, but I just didn't think, I, I, you know, I just thought, of, okay, this is okay. It's good being Uncle Sean. And um, I met this wonderful woman, Claude Dunn. And, uh, you know, at that point, I really realized that Ireland was home. It's, it's kind of come full circle where that childhood moment where I was taken away from that comfort and brought to America... Um, it's now all back together again, and I have someone wonderful to share it with. And those were Sean O'Neill's musical heirlooms. Many thanks to all my guests today and to Aoife Breen, who produce. I hope you enjoyed it. Tom McAnini will be standing in for me next week when he'll be looking forward to 2015. I hope he looks after you. But for now, from me, thank you for listening and have a happy new year. And they're not playing tricks. Eh? When you don't have no freeloaders, I can get their kicks. Eh? Well, that's nobody's business. The way that you want to live. I just have to remember there'll be days like this. When no one steps on my dreams. There'll be days like this. When people understand what I mean. There'll be days like this When you ring out the changes Of how everything is Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.